On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Andrew. Andrew is the event organizer for Got Pops Concerts. He has started a new page, a new idea called Mega Match Memories for all you wrestling fans. Find that on Instagram at Mega Match Memories. I chat to him about his journey, the people he's rubbed shoulders with, the stars such as Steve-O from Jackass, such as Cardi Ray Jepsen, such as Brett the Hitman Hart and Mick Foley. This is a brilliant listen and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. My name's Darren Potts, I'm your host, enjoy. In this episode of the podcast, I am joined by the organiser of Got Pops Concert. So before I go any further, let's start by introducing Got Pop Concert Star audience. What is Got Pops Concerts all about and what's your connection with it? Hey, well, uh, I'm Andrew Roberts and uh, started it up actually 16 years ago today was the first uh, show that I put on. It was a concert and it was with a uh, local Vancouver wrestler, Kenny Lush. He was in a band and uh, I had been a a buddy of his and I just go over for the wrestling shows and on the mainland because I live on Vancouver Island and uh, would just go and help him out and set up the ring and uh, I would take my video camera and record the shows. Yeah, be a part of the experience, the local wrestling there. There was uh, ECCW and there was All-Star Wrestling. And yeah, just over a couple of years, I would I would make uh, videos of uh, the shows and I would uh, set up a merch table at the shows and sell them. And then I'd, have, I'd bring like, you know, toy, like wrestling figures and magazines and all that stuff and sell them at the shows too. And then, yeah, he just, uh, he said, oh, I've got this band. I want to come over. We want to come to the island. Can you help us out? Because uh, he didn't know anybody around here. And I didn't know a thing about promoting at the time. But he kind of just helped me out a little bit and told me a few things. There's not, you know, there's not a lot to it. But uh, you just got to be pretty on top of things. And we did uh, we did a smaller show. I think there was about 80 people or so. His band was called The Retreads. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun, fun show. I got a couple of local bands uh, to open up and they helped sell some tickets. And after that, I, I put on a couple of smaller shows with just out of town bands. Cause I thought oh, I'd keep it going. And uh, nobody really came out to those. Cause I didn't, I still didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so I thought, Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just call it quits or something, but just maybe like two months into it, I'd put on maybe five shows or something. And an agent from Toronto calls me and he, he saw that I was putting on shows and he said, uh, do, you, do you know about a band called The Trues? And uh, they're from Nova Scotia. Uh, they're just starting to get popular. Like they had a couple of videos on the, the Much Music TV uh, show. So they were getting popular. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So I think it was Sunday, like a Sunday night in November that we did that show. And uh, it didn't sell out, but it was pretty packed. Probably like 150, 170 people in a 200 person room. So really, really close. And it was just a great experience to put on a big show and, uh, yeah, see, just see everybody having a great time and working, working with a band that was, you know, fairly well known. Yeah. And that was 16 years ago. And just, uh, so ever since that show, I kind of said, okay, well maybe there's something to this and just kept doing it. And a lot, a lot of music for many years, like five or six years, just nothing but concerts. Then I got into the comedy side of things and i was able to get Polly shore uh, which is really cool 
and uh, Bob Saget and John Lovitz, uh, Charlie Murphy came out, uh, Steve-O from Jackass, and uh, the guys from Super Troopers, uh, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. That was a great time uh, over the years. Uh, John Lajoie, another really funny YouTube comedian guy who's in a few TV shows. 2014, I got the opportunity to, like I saw Mick Foley was doing some yeah, like one man shows. Yeah, uh, and he was planning to come out to Canada, and I was like, "Oh, wait, I should I should get in on this." And I had been a wrestling fan. We'll, we'll rewind things a bit here. Since I was five years old, <laughs> first show I ever saw was the main event, uh, which was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and uh, that's where Andre kind of won the title from him with the screw job, the two refs. Yeah. How how far back do you go on wrestling? I was a kid. I was about, I'm trying to think what age I was, maybe I was seven years old. I grew up in the UK, right? So wrestling was always on in the middle of the night. I'm actually yeah. actually from Belfast, which is, it's quite ironic. I'm reading Brett's book at the minute. And in that book, there's a piece where he starts talking about Belfast, which I thought was very cool, seeing the city where I grew up. But it was about three o'clock in the morning. And as a kid, I couldn't sleep. Started flicking through the TV. And lo and behold on comes this wrestling program and it was actually ironically crazy enough it was survivor series 97 and bret hart is walking to the ring and i'm just staring at the screen like who is this guy and next thing this graphic comes up saying wwf champion bret hart and i'm just like wow and that was that was me hooked just sitting there open mouth big eyed staring at the tv screen about seven years old three o'clock in the morning um yeah so that that's what really got me hooked on wrestling and specifically him you know the leather jacket the belt the sunglasses i just thought it was all really cool and then you tune in raw was actually record obviously it's recorded on monday but we didn't get it to the friday so then it was every friday night we were tuning in to watch raw and i tune in to watch raw and it's like hey where's where's the guy <laughs> where's Bret Hart gone and that was sort of me hooked on that and as you get a bit older you began to realize what actually happened there but Switching back to you, you've you talked about comedians, you've done a lot of bands, and now wrestling. What inspired the blend? Are these all interests of yours? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Like uh, I loved music. I didn't get into it until I was, you know, late teens. Uh, but uh, I was big into the Canadian rock scene. I went to a big festival called Edge Fest in 1999, and they had quite a few bands. Uh, that I was starting to listen to. I got with a group of friends that were listening to them and like Matthew Goodband and uh, Big Wreck, uh, Silverchair, lots of like Widemouth Mason, really good uh, up and coming rock bands in Canada at the time. And uh, so I, and Nickelback even was uh, around and they played a lot on the island to, you know, 20, 30 people uh, before they got big. And so I, I saw them a couple of times play and, uh, so I just I loved the music and I would go to shows and see a lot of the bands that I liked. And then when I started getting thrown into putting on shows, I, I said, oh, wow, I can I can maybe try and work with some of these bands that I really like. And uh, I've been able to work with m- many of the Canadian bands that I loved from the 90s, which has been an amazing like experience. Yeah, I, just, I would go to their shows and just and watch them and now to be able to actually work with them. Uh, and bring them to town and put on some big shows. It's yeah, it's uh, it was pretty crazy. And then the com- the comedy thing, uh, I hadn't tried. 
I never th- like I think a lot of people just don't think about stand up comedy as a thing to do, which is crazy. I know it's, it is a popular thing, but just I never thought uh, to go to a show. I had some I think the first comedy show that I went to was John Lovitz. And uh, it was it was super funny. But then again, I just I never I would go see a concert or I would just go see a wrestling show or watch wrestling or something like that. But I wouldn't think about stand up comedy. Then a, a friend of mine was watching these YouTube videos and she said, oh, like, check out this guy. He's, he's really funny. And so he had some YouTube videos that, that were like probably a million views or something at the time, mm-hmm. which was a big deal back then. And uh, they were really, really funny. John Lejoie, he was from Mon- Montreal. So we said, oh, well, why don't we why don't we try that? And I basically I, I, I'd been doing shows on uh, Vancouver Island for the whole time. Yeah. And this was 2008. So I'd been doing shows for four years and just on the island. And so we got in touch with this guy, the comedian, and uh, said, oh, why don't we try some shows? And I, I did a show in Nanaimo where where I live uh, on the island. And then I said, well, why don't we can try a, a show in Vancouver, which is a bigger, much bigger city. And yeah. uh trying that I'd, I'd never done that before but I, I found a venue and we did the show and sold it out 600 people which was insane yeah uh, and that kind of like had a good relationship with that guy so I uh, brought him back a couple of times and he got uh, he got a starring role in the show called the league which was a really funny comedy sports comedy and he was uh, yeah he, he came pretty big and popular and um, but that led to more comedy shows I looked into getting other people and Polly Shore was the, the first big name that came out and we did uh, shows in an I'm one Victoria with him that were a lot of fun and yeah uh, John Lovitz and Bob Saget and those other guys uh, yeah it was uh, and so comedy was doing great and I was putting on a lot of local shows too with local comedians we were doing monthly shows I would still do a lot of smaller shows too and, and do uh, acoustic shows and concerts at little pubs and stuff and yeah just try and keep the the local music scene going, and yeah, it's uh, doing doing like a couple hundred shows of those uh, <laughs> uh, over the uh, the years. I think we're about up to a little over two thousand shows now, maybe yeah. more actually. Yeah, it's crazy. In sixteen years, over two thousand shows. I mean, it's you've obviously been incredibly busy, but. To touch on what you said, you know, that you were talking about the comedians and stuff like that. I think Vancouver is a very underrated comedy scene, to be honest. Vancouver sort of known, you know, as a really beautiful city, but I find the comedy stuff here very, very good. Um, I'd never really been to very many comedy shows and stuff like that, but when I first met my girlfriend, one of the first ever nights out that we ever did is we went to the comedy mix. Oh, and nice. Yeah, the guy presenting the show, and the reason I'm telling this story is because he actually appears on one of your shows later on. Um, yeah. It was one of my first dates with my girlfriend, now wife, actually, and it was Patrick. Patrick was presenting this show in the comedy oh, yeah. mix. We were in the front row, and who does he pick on? Of course, me and my <laughs> girlfriend and one of the very first dates we ever had. So, of course, I'd done the classic pass the buck. Um, when he asked me a question, kind of put her on the spot, and he kind of moved on to focus all his attention on her, and it was phenomenal. But um, And then whenever I went to the last Bret Hart Q&A that you did, it was actually Patrick who was sort of presenting with Bret, and I just mm-hmm. thought that was sort of very, very funny, you know, the sort of full circle off it. And I was like, hey, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I'd worked with him uh, many times, and uh, I just, I, I, 
I would start with uh, bringing over uh, comedians from Vancouver or Calgary or wherever, and comedians would just refer other comedians to talk to me. So I would get people that way uh, to book book them, and I got Patrick through somebody. And and man, every time I wa- I've probably seen Patrick like thirty or forty times now, and every time it's just my my head hurts laughing yeah. <laughs> so much because he's just and he's so just nonstop funny, and he can just he doesn't even have to have material; he can just talk to any somebody in a crowd he never met before and you just you know automatically just get into it with them for 15 minutes and it would just be the funniest thing you've ever heard but uh yeah no he's uh he was fantastic and he i like he's not a huge wrestling fan i think he he likes it here and there but i thought you know he would be great for this and he's a great host so yeah uh, he, he really I, was I, phenomenal oh. and as, as you said the comedy club and the local and the local comedians here in vancouver it's it's so good and it must it must give you a bit of pride as well when you see these sort of comedians and they're starting out or they're trying to get maybe well known and stuff and you're helping them get on the way and maybe through connections and and all that sort of thing you're able to bring in other people and stuff like that because even on the music scene there were several names i noticed on the on the list that i that i recognize you know the finger 11 jet black stare the matadors Scott Hellman, Cardi Ray Jepsen. You've really worked with a lot of quality over the years. Yeah, it's it's been really pretty incredible actually. Like uh yeah, a lot of big big name acts and yeah, Finger Eleven was really cool to have cause, and I got to chat with the singer about him uh them writing the song for Kane, yeah. which was cool. And uh with Carly Ray Jepsen actually she came out uh three times uh before she got really famous and uh my kind of claim to fame on my promoting resume is that the last show that I put on with her was the first time she ever played that Call Me Maybe song live. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, somebody took a video of it and it's on YouTube and it's got hundreds of thousands of views and it says like first time ever live performance Call Me Maybe. And uh, so that's pretty cool. It became the biggest song of the, in the world like, you know, and three months later yeah. that, that she was on the island here playing a show. So that was pretty neat. And uh, yeah, been able to get some pretty cool uh, bands coming out here, and unfortunately, you know, d- due to the thing going on right now, we're, yeah. not, we're not able to. I got some, I got some postponed shows, but uh, hopefully, you know, that'll come back eventually. And so that's where these online shows come in. And yeah, got to think of new and up, up uh, you know, updated things to do to keep keep going. Yeah, and speaking speaking of the COVID and and the sort of pandemic and stuff like that, how has that affected you? Obviously, you've got um, shows that were cancelled or postponed and stuff, and all on all the sort of stuff that goes with it. Is that disheartening for you, or is it more of like I can't wait that this is over so I can bounce back? How do you, how do you look at it when you when you're involved with you know a show with sort of the event organization and and this sort of industry? Yeah, well, the thing is that we don't know. Uh, when it's going to come back. So I had some uh, theater shows uh, where tickets had already sold, like 500 tickets for one show and a few hundred tickets for another show. And uh, they were supposed to be in April, um, and they got moved. Uh, and I had three shows for one act. Uh, he was doing a tour and, uh, in three different cities on the island. And so we had to reschedule to September, uh, and one of the venues, they didn't have any dates around that time. So I ended up losing a show there. So we rescheduled two shows, uh, for September. And then, you know, like last month, it's like, well, this doesn't look like it's going away. So we had to reschedule again. 
and then so it just takes time and it's you know just it's, it's frustrating that way now it's rescheduled to early january but again you don't know like uh it's just everything is kind of up in the air on on what's going to happen and you know that that's kind of frustrating. The smaller shows, it's also you know it, it sucks for a lot of the local acts. Like the like this is some of the bread and butter for the musicians. That's this their like only income. Some of them don't have jobs, so they they were just relying on uh, live live gigs. And a lot of my uh, weekly shows, um, you know, we had to stop. So there was a period of like three months there where there was nothing. Uh, and just recently, like last month, uh, the venue, the Queens, opened up. And it normally can seat 200 people. You can have 200 people in there, but we've, you know, you limit it. You have to limit it to 50 people or less. So we've been doing some concerts, uh, just acoustic uh, shows with local acts, and uh, doing like tribute nights for like a Chris Cornell or something like that. So they're playing, you know, uh, famous music or whatever. Uh, and we were able to do those, and those are great. Those are selling out and doing well. People are still wanting to come out. But we had, you know, concerts where, like the new rules now, you can't stand up, you can't, yeah. you know, like, you can't shout, you can't sing. <laughs> so yeah. it's a different experience. But it's thankfully it's something like it's, at least we have that right now, where a lot of other places don't even have that because we're doing pretty well over here, thankfully. Uh, knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, especially compared to the states and even sort of the UK and stuff, where numbers have started to climb again. I mean, we're mm-hmm. very, very lucky and very fortunate. You know, yeah. to, be, to be to be where we are. Off the top of your head, I'm going to put you a bit in the spot here. Do you have any favorite shows or shows that specifically stand out to you? Well, there, there's lots of them, but uh, to be like my favorite band uh, is a band called Big Wreck, and uh, they're from Ontario slash I don't know. One of the guys is from the states, but I used to see them so many times before I put on shows. And then they broke up for a while, and uh, and they got back together. And I never thought I'd be able to work with them, but I got to put them on uh, four times now. And uh, yeah, the shows have been amazing. And so every every time, just to be able to work with my my favorite act, yeah, uh, this is a treat. Uh, and then uh, yeah, there's some of those comedy shows like Bob Saget and Charlie Murphy. Both of those, Charlie Murphy was my first sellout in a big theater, 800 people, and. Uh, he was great, uh, great to work with, a really nice guy. Bob Sega was a great guy. We sat down and he, oh, we talked for a little while and he said, oh, you should like go meet my uh, agent in L.A. and he can hook you up with others. So I went out to L.A. and met with him and uh, he got me into, or he got me uh, working with John Lovitz and, and uh, Steve O and a few other people. And so it kind of leads, you know, to, to more and more. So that was great, getting more contacts. Yeah, and then being able to work with Mick Foley was huge. Yeah. Like when that came around, I didn't, never thought it, you know, about wrestling, like bringing wrestlers out. And, but Mick Foley was kind of the guy who started it all Yeah. by doing these like one man shows. And that's such a great idea. And he was super entertaining. Like just people were just blown away that he would come to the island <laughs> to do shows. Um, so we did that. And then that led to Jake the Snake. Uh, he came out in 2015 and that was really cool. Uh, he was, I think, just where uh, he had to go in for hip surgery just uh, a week after the tour. So he was kind of, and he was like nearing the end of the tour. So he just wasn't in, uh, you know, in a super friendly mood. But he was yeah. still, still <laughs> a good storyteller. And he, you know, he had some great, you know, stories from the past with Undertaker and, and things like that. So that was yeah. really cool here. After that, Mick came back again in 2018, and I did a few shows with him then. That, like I never ever thought uh, that I would ever work with Bret Hart, but man, like 
Yeah, it was pretty insane. Uh, I got to uh, what what first happened was there's a comic con in Victoria that I kind of I I had been going to, and I sometimes I just set up tables and sell stuff there uh, at the at the show, and they wanted to bring in some guests, and they were bringing in guests from like Star Trek and. Uh, Harry Potter and stuff like that. So they asked me because they knew I liked wrestling. Hey, can you help us get a wrestler to come out? And I had just thought about Bret Hart. I wondered, you know, they have the budget, so why not? Like, let's see if Bret would do it. And yeah. it worked out. And he, he got uh, he got booked for that. And that was in 2018 as well. So I, I just talked to him and he said, hey, like, uh, I'd love to actually bring you out again and do these shows outside of a Comic-Con and he was all over it, so we we did that in September. Yeah, uh, did uh, four shows, and uh, <laughs> not, not without some problems. There was uh, like we had four shows in a row booked. We were going to do two Vancouver shows, uh, and then come to the island for two shows. But he, uh, I guess, there was a miscommunication, and he, he just didn't check his booking or something. But he had to be back for the Terry Fox run in Calgary. Like during that <laughs> tour, so oh, no way. we had to do. We just did two shows, one Vancouver show and one show in Nanaimo with Brett, and then uh, just had to like book him again in November. So we had to cancel, like postpone those shows and reschedule for November. So he came back again in November and did the two shows again, and just amazing shows. Though he had so many stories to tell, and people were really stoked about it, and just great to work with, and. Uh, and after that was uh, like Dolph Ziggler too, which yeah. I never thought I'd work with a current WWE. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he was he's been doing comedy for a while. Yeah. And I had messaged him a while back uh, just uh, through his uh, page and just said, hey, like I'd love to, to have you out. And I, the comedian that was touring with him, I talked to her, so she kind of helped set it up. And uh, and then she became pregnant, so she couldn't actually get on the show. <laughs> she come to the show, so somebody else, uh, Ryan. I can't remember his name now. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Riley Pierce. Uh, I think it's it's his brother. Yeah. Uh, who he was an NXT guy, and he came out too with with Dolph, and that was a fun show uh, at the Rio yeah. in Vancouver. And then that one kind of like he was supposed to come to the island for a show the next day, but uh, a month before he got drafted to uh, SmackDown, which was on Fridays, and Nanaimo, like the show in Nanaimo, was supposed to be the Thursday, and there was. And his SmackDown was going to be in North Carolina on the Friday. And there's no way, like, there's no flights that would get him from the island to North <laughs> Carolina in time. So yeah. he said, oh, well, we'll reschedule that one. So we just, like, so I lost the show there. And we haven't uh, rescheduled it yet, but one day hopefully we will. Yeah. Um, but that was a great show. Yeah. I mean, that's how I sort of got to know you guys was I seen the advert for the Bret Hart show and straight away I was like I'm getting a ticket I'm going to see Bret Hart I'm going to the Q&A and I loved it I, th I thought it was a brilliant show I loved the stuff I actually went to Mick Foley in New West that wasn't that wasn't me but I, I did help with that show okay because they they just wanted me to to come out and, and help them out so I did the island shows I think it was just booked through uh the venue okay okay I always associated that with you guys, okay. But yeah, I'd I done the Bret Hart, um, Mick Foley, 
I actually took the wife with me to Dolph Ziggler because I was it was like a comedy show as well as the Q&A. So we could kind of drag her along to see wrestling, which she mocks me for. So it was kind of nice to bring her along to a wrestling show. Did she, did she enjoy it? She did. She really, really did. I think going into it, she was a bit apprehensive, like, oh, I'm going to have some wrestlers thing or whatever. Um, but well, coming out, she was like, that was really good fun. And she seemed to really, really enjoy it. So going to any sort of comedy has always been sort of a special thing for us because it we we done it quite a lot when we first started dating actually down at the comedy mix was probably our go-to spot and um, so whenever Dolph was doing it I was like okay here's an excuse to go see a wrestler and hear the Q&A but he's also doing a bit of comedy so I can bring the missus along and um, so I always thought that was really really cool the way he'd done a bit of both there he sort of catered for the wrestling audience and he also got to do his comedy I thought that was really really cool big question for you You've obviously worked with Bret Hart, Mick Foley, Jake, and you've even Raven, ECW legend Raven, yeah, Dolph, Raven. Dolph Ziggler. Do you have who's your favorite wrestler and why? <laughs> wow, uh, I've had many over the years. Growing up, I used to like love the painted face guys. So Ultimate Warrior was yeah. I was a big fan of, and uh, Sting and uh, Demolition uh, was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and they were my favorite tag team. And then uh, as I like grew older, I think uh, when I kind of found out about WCW more, it was uh, I loved uh, like Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, yeah, uh, Rey Mysterio, like all those guys, Chris Jericho, and I got into more of the the wrestling side of it. Like this, I still watch. I haven't watched. Uh, I don't watch as much as I used to, but I, I still keep up with it. And it's just hard to uh, watch like 20 hours of wrestling a week. Yeah. Like, yeah, they've got some great, like, I love NXT. They've got Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate put on some amazing shows yeah. or matches. And uh, uh, Finn Balor is great. Aleister Black. Like, a lot of those guys who can really wrestle and yeah, have a good match. You could, you're never bored watching them. I mean, the NXT stuff, to me, is probably, um, in, in terms of WWE sense, it's probably the best product right now. We actually went down to Portland for the Valentine's Day weekend, and oh, nice. take, Takeover was in town, so it sort of a, got me a chance to sort of tick that off my list, and it, it was a brilliant show. There's so many, isn't there? When you ask for a favorite wrestler, especially if you've been watching for a long period of time, it's almost like you have mm-hmm. a favorite wrestler for every era. <laughs> but oh, yeah. This, um, finally, just talk to me about your upcoming show. You mentioned Demolition being one of your favorite tag teams. They were a brilliant team. You've got a very exciting event coming up so talk to me about this event why you're excited about it um where people can get tickets where can they tune in i just it just came to me you know what thinking about like that you can't have conventions or you you know you can't do these shows right now and i thought well like i tried to stay away from the online shows for concerts because everybody was doing them and uh it just you know, I didn't know if it would go over that well, so I, I stayed away from that. But then the wrestling thing, people are doing like podcasts and, and shows, but they're not like there wasn't really the match. Like they weren't talking about specific things, you know, times or whatever. But uh, I think I wanted to focus on like certain matches. And for me, I, like for Brett, like Brett had so many good matches with everybody. For me, like my favorite time was Demolition. Like then they had some great matches and feuds uh for the tag team title SummerSlam. uh they, they fought twice at SummerSlam and then at survivor series again twice once i think they were on the same side and then they were opponents in the the big tag team matches 
that tag team era was just amazing because it had the Rockers, it had the British Bulldogs, and just as a as a kid, I just loved you know seeing that. And they had all the breakups with all the the tag teams, and you, you know you had your Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart come out of that. Yeah. Um, but that's just such a great era and time. Um, so I thought you know like with Bret, everybody always like they talk about the Montreal screw job, and then they talk about Owen. Uh, and then the concussion, those are the three most, you know, with him, maybe stampede wrestling and stuff. But like, I, I wanted to try and maybe get other things out of him, uh, that maybe he hasn't talked about all that much. And so I thought, well, that the, the tag team era was great. And, and maybe him with some other wrestlers would be, uh, you know, a unique thing. And it turns out that Brett and, uh, demolition hadn't done anything like this before together. So this is like a first-time thing for them, which will be really uh, neat to see. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's called, I, I just came up with the name, was Mega Match Memories. And uh, so I put that together and I thought, oh, well, let's make a series and, and this will be the first one. And we'll do it uh, on the 30th anniversary of the day that they fought at SummerSlam 1990, where the Hart Foundation won the tag team titles. And uh, that's Thursday, August 27th. Uh, we're doing it at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and it's going to be on uh, Zoom. Uh, so you can uh, get your tickets for that. Tickets are 17.50 uh, plus service charge, and uh, you can get them on. Uh, I've got a website that I just started, MegaMatchMemories.com, and we're just building the shop right now. The shop was supposed to be up today, but it just I had a, a, like some shipping issues, so I had to figure all that out before we started it. So it's going to be tomorrow that the shop is up. But we've got some lots of like Bret Hart uh, action figures and exclusive items and things in the shop that Bret will sign uh, on the day of the the show. So we'll autograph them and then we'll mail them out to people so people can order. Uh, there's a lot of cool limited stuff at, like uh, trading cards and Bret Hart items. Uh, we've even got an artist, uh, Hal Haney, who's uh, really uh, popular for wrestling wrestling art uh, at. Hal Haney Art is his Instagram, but man, he comes up with some amazing uh, pieces, uh, and like he, he does these things where he does like half faces. So he he's done this uh, the tag team ones where he's done half of Brett's face and half of the Anvil's face, he puts it together and it just looks really cool. Uh, so definitely check his art out. But he did up, uh, we got him, I got him to do a like a piece on that sh- uh, match. So he's got the scene of. Uh, Smash being uh, hit with the heart attack, uh, heart, heart Foundation's finishing move, and Axe running to the ring because that's where uh, he he ran to to jump in and crushes in the in the shot too. But uh, just a really really amazing piece of work there um, that he did. And and so right now uh, Axe is actually signing them uh, tomorrow, and uh, then he's gonna get them over to Smash, who lives in a different state. <laughs> Smash will sign them, and then Smash will ship them to. Uh, to Brett, where Brett will sign them. So this print, uh, which is limited to 190 prints total, uh, will be autographed by all three, and they're going to be available in the shop tomorrow, which is awesome. So definitely have a check out that uh, that print because it looks amazing. Uh, but then we also got like championship belts that Brett will sign, figures and and other things like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big collector too. I, I love collecting wrestling figures and anything anything to do with wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it's. A, I just think it's a brilliant idea. 
especially like to go over a match and specifically a match that hasn't been done to death you know like as you said like every time Brett is on a Q&A or he is on a podcast or a radio interview or whatever it's sort of those three things that he's always asked about so it's really cool to get a different perspective and these matches with demolition and maybe a lot of his stuff around that time it's really the star making time of Bret Hart probably you know Mm -hmm. these couple of years really so I think yeah. it's really, really interesting to get his point of view of where he felt he was at this point in his career, how focused he was. I watched the match the other day, actually, when I seen your ad. I went up on my lunch break and I put on the network and I stuck it on. I watched it and I just thought it was really good, really good fun. The crowd was into it. Everyone was into it. I just thought it was brilliant. And I'm really, really excited for it. I think the Q&A will be very good as well, especially because the likes of demolition we know they're not they don't really get a chance to talk you know or ask questions to a demolition so it'll be mm-hmm. really interesting to get their points of view on the business on the match and whatnot so i'm i'm really really looking forward to this one and um, it'll be cool to see them interact together like brett yeah. talking about demolition and re- like remembering those times and telling stories about jim neidhart and uh mr fuji um and crush as well because they were a big part of the, the time too and the matches yeah so they've got they've got tons of stories that they're going to share and yeah the show is 90 minutes long and and the q a is uh going to be about half an hour long or so and people can uh people who buy tickets they can uh they get an email and they can send in their their questions so we'll, we'll pick some of the best ones and try and get a bunch in there that they can uh, answer yeah i think it's really cool it's you're just given a really good platform i think for fans just to really reminisce and enjoy probably one of the the more underrated eras of wrestling whenever you look back at it it's just so good so much fun so unique and i think i think it'll go really really well for you just to sort of wrap up then where can any listener find you on social media you're you've instagram you're on twitter yeah, the the main thing which, which I'm trying to drive people to is the website now. I just got that up, and uh, that's megamatchmemories.com. That's got uh, links to our Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram on there. At uh, megamatchmemories is the Instagram. Uh, we're going to make a, an event page for the, the event itself, which will probably be tomorrow that will come out. So, uh, you know, if people know other people that want to be like or interested in in this kind of thing like they can share it or feel free to invite other people because yeah i'd love to spread it around and and get this uh you know really packed and maybe become a big big series right like i'd love to bring in other wrestlers to do other things like i, I thought you know it'd be cool to get uh people like like kevin nash he's actually interested in doing one of these so like yeah. he'll be one you know in the future and scott hall and uh, like Lex Luger, and there's so many, you know, that are still like there's a lot that aren't around anymore, unfortunately, that you can't yeah. get. You know, like the ones that are around, they can, they've got lots of stories to tell. So, yeah, it'd be great to bring some of those in for some of these matches. And if anybody has any uh, suggestions, like definitely, like they can hit the website and send us a message and who they think should be in some of the next uh, Mega Match Memories series. I, I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited for the for the Mega Match memories as a whole. Just as a wrestling fan, you know, I'm excited for it. Have you anything else planned? Anything else coming up in the near future? Is all your focus on this one right now? Uh, yeah, this is a big thing. I'm trying to do some more in the music scene and, and do uh, plan some smaller events for for now and um, 
but uh, yeah, this this is definitely a, like the biggest thing uh, for me right now that I'm I'm trying to focus on and, and get get off the ground. So if the shop uh, the shop is going to be ready tonight, so it'll be uh, posted tomorrow, and people can check out all the cool items available. And yeah, pretty excited for that for sure. Yeah, well, it's your 16th birthday, so <laughs> as a company. I'm sure you. I'm sure you're delighted where you've came from in the last 16 years, from where you've started to where you are now. It must have been an amazing journey, and I'm sure there's a lot more to come. You've a lot more ideas probably in in your head and on paper and things you would like to do. But um, I just really want to thank you for spending the last sort of half hour with me, for coming on, for chatting, for giving me some of your ideas, for just talking to me about your journey, and I'm really excited to see where else it goes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast with me, your host, Darren. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast. Thanks for your time. Stay safe and tune in next time.